Hey, kid, inbreeding is bad. Yeah, yeah? Never works out in a movie. Good. Whoa. Harmonica. You ready to talk some movies, Brennan? Yeah, okay. Well, let's go. Welcome to the Corrupted Youth Podcast. I'm still Dan, unfortunately. And maybe I'm still Brennan. Has Brennan been assimilated? I don't know. <laughs> I'm a changeling. <laughs> right in. We're going to do a blood test. <laughs> <laughs> or whatever they did in that kind of okay prequel that was necessary for any reason. Prequel? Yeah, to the thing. That's oh. what I was referencing. I was thinking about Star Trek. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway. Yeah, so we're a father and son duo that explores the latest blockbusters, classic genre films, and the schlockiest of Golden Age VHS rental store flicks in spoiler heavy fashion. This is what we do, episode like, 76. Like every time. <laughs> unless we're driving to the theater. Yeah, but even then, that's the latest blockbusters mm, part mm, of it. Mm-hmm. So. But I usually kind of skip over that on the drive time specials because it doesn't matter. Does anything matter anymore? Wow. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to be around anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, it's Summer Slasher Camp. It's our final episode. Sadly. Where's the summer gone? Yeah, seriously, though. Slashed to bits. Ooh, good one. Um, I feel I've had to just spend way too much time indoors (laughs) this summer because it's been hot. Yeah, and it doesn't help. Uh, I live in a cold basement, so all the time I've been spending inside has been in like sweatpants and a sweatshirt. It's been very confusing. I suppose, yeah, that would be. And then you go outside, yeah, and it's a hundred degrees. Like, oh, let me take the garbage out. Like, do I either burn or change my entire outfit? <laughs> yeah, the other day I was like, oh, thank goodness. I don't want to see another day in the nineties again this year. And yeah. then, like next week, it's like one hundred twelve. Coming back, <laughs> coming back. So hopefully that heat index doesn't get up. <laughs> like, what was it, 115 or something like yeah. that? Yeah. The only time I've ever experienced heat that high was 110 in, when we were in Arizona oh, that one time. yeah. And nobody was outside. Yeah. Somebody probably looked out the window and went, <laughs> what are those morons doing? We walked around Phoenix and it was empty. It was like The Walking Dead. It really was. It was crazy. Yeah. For a big city like and that. And nothing was open. Nope. No AC. Enough about that weather. So Summer Slasher Camp, if you don't already know, is where our listeners, the Dongles, who reside in the Dongle Den on Facebook, they make suggestions. We pick them out of a hat, usually. It's a good time. Yeah, and this is the third one that is... This is the third one that we're doing, and this one was picked by Court. Thank you, Court. Thank you very much, Court, for this, actually. (laughs) Um, I'm not going to say he's a nice guy, though. Because then he'll probably kill me. Cord is a nice guy. 
We love him. No, he really came to the rescue with this one. Yeah. Me, so. Yeah. Um, awesome, though. And what we are doing is just before dawn. Is this the first time viewing for you, Brennan? It is, yes. And is it for you? Yeah, I thought I actually did see this one, but I turns out I did not. What a fun surprise for you then. Yeah, someone I was pretty excited for this one. I've heard really good things before. Uh-huh. And, um, I had a good conversation briefly about it with uh, my friend's daughter, and she really liked it. So I was like, hey, if a teenager can like this yeah. movie, yeah. it's got to be pretty good. Pretty high hopes going into it then. Yeah, I really did have high hopes. And um, we'll get into what we all thought of that mm-hmm. later on. Um, I suppose I should probably go over some um, IMDb info. I suppose so. Okay. So according to IMDb, five young people venture into the backwoods of Oregon to claim a property and find themselves being stalked by a hulking, machete-wielding psychopath. Oregon, huh? Now it all makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> no <laughs> it was originally i think supposed to take place in tennessee hmm. and there was also supposed to be more of a religious overtone to it which i think i would have been kind of into that yeah i would have been down for that for sure yeah this feels kind of stripped down not in a bad way no just different yeah like i would have i would like to see that version of this yeah I a good sequel be. like it yeah, a good sequel or a remake even. Totally. I think this movie could be ripe. Yeah, I think it could be done well. And normally I don't throw that out there right away. Yeah. And I usually don't even talk about that very often. <laughs> Make it a good uh, like A24 film. <laughs> <laughs> one of the good ones, not one of the bad ones. I mean, no, I just know that there's a large group of people out there in the horror community who just shot daggers at you. <laughs> Or even yes, suggesting I know. that. I know, I know. Yeah, that's why I did it. What's it gonna be? A bunch of millennials <laughs> hanging out, talking. I bet you the cast is gonna be diverse. Listen, there's horror for everybody. Yeah. If it's just not your thing, it's not your thing. I don't know why everybody feels compelled that they have to just instantly jump on the internet and just spew. I don't. I don't get it. Yeah. You didn't like it because you're not the type of person that would like it. Yeah, you're not the target audience. Yeah. <laughs> like when it comes to like a there's a lot of crappy PG-13 horror out there and people have been complaining about that for I don't know. Yeah. It's been well over a decade solid. Yeah, yeah. And I'm just like I don't know, it'd be cool if some kid saw it and got in the horror because of it and Yeah. Like even like one of my one of my friends put on a dumb movie like that, I'm like, "Oh, at least it's a horror movie. Yeah. I mean, yeah, by all means, try to have better taste sometimes. But... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How are you going to know if you, you watch the good stuff or not when you've all you've seen is the bad stuff? Right. I don't know. Whatever. <sighs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't know why I feel so opinionated today. <laughs> are we so different? <laughs> no, not really. I mean, <laughs> that is exactly what we're doing. <laughs> but it is different. Yeah. Um. Anyways. Um, just before dawn is directed by jeff lieberman um i don't know he doesn't have a whole lot of credits he did Mm. squirm the movie about the the killer worms oh i've heard of that yeah yeah did you ever watch that one i don't think i've ever seen it now oh that one's pretty cool that one's got a great scene with a drunk in it that they Mm. 
buried in worms and nice. he just got paid booze to do it. Oh my god, that's awesome. It is I saw that on like a Saturday morning creature feature show type thing out in Michigan. Yeah. And I was like, this movie's so great. <laughs> and it was just a little kid. Writers are Mark Arowitz, Jeff Lieberman, and Jonas Middleton. Uh let's see here. The stars. Where are they? Where did the stars go? That's usually a problem, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Um, we'll say George Kennedy, Mike Cohen, Chris Lemon, Greg Henry. I lost my page. Where did it go? Why did it do that? Deborah Benson, Ralph Seymour, Katie Powell, and John Hunsaker. That should do it. Um, all, all these people, pretty just good careers, I guess. You know, like you've seen them in stuff here and there, probably didn't even know it. They're all pretty much working except for the dead ones. Adds up. <laughs> George Kennedy, dead. What, did he try to run for office? <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, I mean, his, this is probably just, uh, you know, you need that star power at the time. And this is like him pre-Naked Gun. Hmm. <laughs> and I just wonder what every time he's on screen. Because my main introduction to him was the Naked Gun. Right. And so that's all I can think of when I see him. <laughs> But no, he he does have some acting chops to him. Mm-hmm, Not a bad actor. I think all the acting in this movie is pretty good. Yeah, it was. But anyways, um, yeah, I suppose we should. Oh, hang on a second. We've got a trailer for this. Ooh. I guess we should get the official Summer Slasher Camp trailer machine going, right? Here we go. <laughs> Run for your life. The nightmare has begun. It will find you in the hour when dream and reality merge. The last desperate moment of darkness. Oh, who is it? Just before dawn. They were warned. At least tell me where you're going. So that when you don't come back, I'll know how to fill out the report. But they did not understand the warning. Did you see? They came to the mountain for adventure and escape. What they found was a trial which only the strongest could survive. How could they know that beneath the awesome beauty of nature lay violence, danger, their bodies was the magnet that would draw the terror to them. No more devils. No more. No more nothing out there. Just God's little creature. You saw them kids? I see them. Don't let us see your kids. They're good-minded. Just let them have their due. Just before dawn, they will cry out. Just before dawn, the demon lives. If only they could die in their sleep. That's a heck of a trailer. Crazy. <laughs> 
So, um, yeah, get used to that whistle. Yeah. Tons of whistling, and it's kind of hard to tell when it's part of the music or if it's actually supposed to be happening. Yeah. Because there's plenty of times where there should be people reacting to it if it is in the woods, and then they don't. So it's part of the music then, but then there's times where they do hear it. I thought some of the whistling was like a bird. It's like a bird call. No. Or they just assumed it was. No. Apparently it's a play on the emergency whistle that's in this movie. Oh. The guy wanted to put it in there. Yeah, also like the guy who did the music. Sorry, I'm not going to just go look him up right now. <laughs> but um, no, he did music for the Terminator. Oh, cool. And like a couple other things. So like, this is like early on in his career, but it's pretty, it works in this movie. I did like the music. Because I I will say this, if I was camping and heard that exact whistle, I would probably would feel very uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Note to self, learn that whistle. Do it while camping. Scare the other campers. They probably would have no idea. Yeah. But if they did, that would be a, that'd be a good one. That's how you make a friend. <laughs> Just like in this movie. <laughs> that's, yeah. how they, that's how friends are made. This movie is just a movie about friendship. It really is. All right, let's do that rundown. This movie, we've got, uh, well, we've got two hunters in the beginning of this movie. One is uh, Drunkle and his nephew. And they're just mucking about at this abandoned church. Um, I thought the drunkle was the guy from UHF. <laughs> that would have been awesome. <clears throat> like the, the, ho- the homeless guy. Yeah. Yeah. But because he kind of looked like him and I was like, no, it's like, it can't be him. So I looked it up. It is not that guy, but I wasn't wrong recognizing him because he's the guy who is in charge of the camp sleepaway camp. Oh, snap. Yeah. Oh, probably not dying of full-blown cancer at this point in his life oh, so that's hopefully right. not yeah because he looks a lot better yeah cool. and he, like sleepaway camp he looked pretty rough there's just a key paleness to him until yeah. he was sick oh yeah. what a weird connection <laughs> there's another weird connection later Ooh. with uh another guy in this movie that i <laughs> just find interesting anyways um yeah so they're just kind of like drunk hanging out in this church Right? It's, As he do. Yeah. And um, the uncle thinks that he sees something on the hole in the ceiling, which is clearly a person. Right. <laughs> yeah, that was a great shot, too. Uh-huh. How it, like, would go from the hole yep. back and forth, and mm-hmm. person there, not there. Yeah. And then, um, so he goes outside to investigate, and his truck comes barreling down a hill <laughs> at him, and crashes explodes too yeah not like a crazy big explosion but like enough where it's like it just hit a tree rolling down a hill (laughs) it was probably full of more booze (laughs) (laughs) or it's from uh all the alcohol inside the truck from him breathing in it (laughs) but yeah um (laughs) while that's all happening uh the nephew gets his groin sawed yeah that was rough oh yeah that did look rough um, we should bring it up too right now. I watched the uh, just a regular U.S. version, and you watched. I watched the international. Yeah, which was yeah. like twelve minutes longer. Yeah, and I'm wondering which one has more gore because mine was uncut, so it was the uncut version. Mine had all the gore, from what I could tell. But I didn't see a lot of gore in this movie. I didn't either. Okay, good. So yeah, yeah. I mean the groin shot was pretty hard to handle. <laughs> yikes yeah you know and and also visceral but yet 
you know, you don't have to pull a terrifier on it. Yeah, it wasn't like overdone. <laughs> Where you literally just saws a woman in half, a naked woman, and like, who's that for? <laughs> just hmm. not me. <laughs> Definitely not me. It's for somebody. They love that. Um, yeah. Then the the killer takes some items from the nephew, like his hat and stuff, and Drunkle runs off. I thought he he reminded me a lot of uh, Mr. Leahy. <laughs> yeah yeah he, he did have that kind of vibe to him just always had that that little bottle of booze yeah yeah i was nipping on it mm-hmm. screwing it yeah i did really like to the the murderer here putting on the hat it's just real weird uh-huh. it's like that perfect like unknown just strange makes him even more scary yeah and, and not like an iconic look either not like hey i'm just gonna put on this hockey mask yeah or... yeah Halloween mask or whatever, just a just a hat. Yeah, and, it, and interesting too. It's plays orange. Yeah, makes it really really easy for the viewer to keep track of it. Yeah, and also anybody else. Like if you just saw this guy stalking you with a hat that you would notice all the time. Yeah, and the vest too. Surprised they went that far, considering you know they were also like super drunk. Yeah. So half safety measure. <laughs> I guess. I don't think like the drug just cancels it all out. Yeah, it really does. But you know, it might it might help them from shooting each other. I guess. <laughs> then we get our introduction to the group of I'm calling them kids because it, it reminds me of Scooby Doo right away. <laughs> the meddling kids. Yeah. But yeah, they're just like I don't know, college age. That's what I. I'm assume. guessing it's never really just explicitly said, which is nice. Thankfully, yeah. You know, they weren't like, hey, these. Clearly, almost 30-year-olds are supposed to be 17. Yeah. They could be at whatever age you project on them. It's fine. Um, so, yeah, because I'm calling them kids, I, I might refer to one of the one of the women of the group as a girl. Yeah. Because I'm assuming that they're younger. I know I've made that argument in the past, but... Who cares? Yeah. If you do care, time. write in. Yeah, to um, donglebrennan at gmail.com. I gotta make that now. <laughs> <laughs> No, that is not an actual email. But anyways, um, yeah, so they're actually listening to Blondie. Mm-hmm. And this, I was not expecting that. Like an actual song in this movie. Yeah. Yeah, they're just jamming out the Heart of Glass. It's kind of cool. It's a great song. It is. It really is. Yeah. I like that song. Deborah Harry. That was a crush for me when I was a kid. <laughs> so we've got, um, well, just let's just go over all of them, I guess. Since we have them all in the RV, we have uh, Daniel, but they call him Danny all the time. Um, he's the he's a photographer, I guess. That's his character. Little nerdy, I guess. The single guy. He's like a powerless Peter Parker. Kind of, yeah. <laughs> um. He, so this is the connection I brought up earlier. Uh, he was in Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Whoa! Remember, kind of the '50s style thug that takes the bike away. Oh my god, yeah. <laughs> he was hired by uh Francis. Yeah. Yeah. Buxton. <laughs> yeah, that's him. I would I would have never noticed that. Yeah. Had I not looked him up. Wow. That's cool. So good acting there, sir. R.I.P. P. Herman, by the way. Oh, for real. Yeah. Paul Rubens, your major influence on me. So before I get too sad, we're gonna move on to Jonathan, also John. Um, he's Danny's brother, and he's the mid-plane guy with an emergency whistle. <laughs> I mean, that's all he really is, right? Yeah. Oh, and his daddy has the deed 
to the property. Um, we have Megan. She's the annoying one <laughs> who's vain and is dating John. Because, man, she's, oh, I really did not like her in the beginning part here. I didn't like her throughout the entire movie, but yeah. I feel like uh, that was intentional to a point. Probably, yeah. Then we have Warren, who um, I call them hat fishing gun show in my notes before I learned his name. Because I was like, clearly, this guy's hiding, like he's losing his hair, it's thinning. <laughs> you can just tell. Poor guy. <laughs> well, he's just, he's the outdoorsman. Mm-hmm. And then we have Connie, who's just uh, like, I'm assuming Warren's girlfriend at the beginning here, even. And um, she just is like nice, quiet, yeah, um, knowledgeable about the woods herself. An outdoors woman. Rock climbing, I think. Rock climbing oh, yeah. for years. Mm-hmm. It's pretty BA. Yeah. And it's like, mm, we know how these movies go. Yeah. When you have the nice girl. But is she the final girl or not? Listen to find out. Yeah, so these kids show up at the Forest Ranger station. That's where Roy, who is um, played by George Kennedy, that's where he's stationed. Um, just him hanging out, talking to his horse, working on cool little bonsai plants mm-hmm. and stuff. Um, working through some self-therapy, too, apparently. Yeah, all Which, by himself. Something's going on there. Yeah, I don't know. Like I'd, I could go on, but... <laughs> he's not in the movie enough for me to really get into his backstory um yeah he doesn't want these kids to take that rv up the mountain Mm-mm. and um because it's just it's rough these roads they're just dirt roads and um you know he doesn't he, he assumes that they're not good at camping because they're a bunch of kids in an rv but um warren says hey i've got experience camping mm-hmm. don't worry i got these guys and um john's got to bust out the the deed from his daddy owning the back 40 of this mountain or whatever i'm like really okay like i don't know how you just do that there's a lot of like weird like do has anybody actually been out there or not <laughs> yeah because I feel War- like it's just all on paper because warren seems to know the area but also nobody seems to know the area i don't know it's really weird it's kind of vague yeah but yeah i mean i guess we didn't read the deed (laughs) maybe there's a map i don't know there is a map they have a map do they yeah they have a map of the land oh that they own it's probably too busy taking notes yeah they like check if there's like a creek they look at the map oh yep it's on the land or they cut that out of the u.s version (laughs) yeah that's probably (laughs) no they don't want to know about maps boring them kids are gonna see a map and they're gonna think of school kids these days don't even know how to use maps (laughs) yeah i know how to use a map yeah um i might just play this clip too Mm. because i think i feel like you get a good vibe for how annoying megan is yeah and also just you know you're like oh annoying teenagers or whatever mm-hmm. bunch of kids gonna be loud Cut that whole thing off you're scaring my plants and my horse to move sorry ah, that's better i guess you're looking to find your way out of here no sir we're doing just fine we're going up the mountain to do some camping <laughs> only a fool would do that we got five of them in here <laughs> But there's no campsite up there, especially with ladies along. Oh, we don't have to worry with a big, strong forest ranger to protect us, do we? Yeah. Well, I can't let you go up there. Sir, hold on, hold on a second. See, the boy here's a land bear, and we're going up to look over the back 40. 
That deed don't mean nothing. That mountain can't read. <laughs> Any of you done any serious climbing before? Yeah, 10 years. It's okay. I'll steer him away from the poison ivy. Yeah. It ain't just poison ivy I'm talking about, son. At least tell me where you're going. So that when you don't come back, I'll know how to fill out the report. Silver Lake. Anyways, um, yeah, they, they lie to him and say that they're going to camp somewhere else because they don't want him ruining their fun. That's a great idea. Yeah. Um, so on their way up the mountain, they take this break and uh, Danny notices something in the woods because as a photographer. Observant. Yeah. And um, it just turns out to be a jump scare from the drunkle who is rambling about a demon and how he's being pursued through the woods. And um, they're kind of conflicted on whether or not they want to take him with. Yeah. Like, because they're at a weird point where if they took him with, then they're stuck with him mm-hmm. for the whole weekend. But if they take him back, they won't get far enough because it's too much of a trek for them. Yeah. It'll be they, too dark by the time they got back to camp. Yeah. And they don't want to be driving the RV in the dark. And um, so they make the good decision of, well, we won't let them starve. <laughs> and they just throw him a couple sandwiches, <laughs> which. Probably not bad. He's kind of drunk. Probably a little hungry for a sandwich. Yeah. But as they drive off, they get a little turbulence because, uh-oh, the killer has hopped on to the back of the RV. How they didn't notice? Miracle. Well, you're on rough roads and stuff, but I mean, how they don't notice this guy later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, the drunkle sees it happen, and he just laughs to himself, probably because he feels relieved. Yeah. I'm not going to get killed by this psychopath. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, kids drive as far as they can before they have to uh, strap everything on and hike through the woods to get to where they want to camp. This is where, yeah, how do they not notice the guy? At one point, he's like peeking in the window, like from like hanging upside down, peeking in the window. Yeah. Not to mention he's on top of the RV and they're standing on a hill outside of the RV with they could see the entire top of that from where they are yeah he must have jumped off at some point i guess no because he was on top because when danny goes inside to get something that's when he's peeking over Mm. and then they all leave together so they were all outside when he was on top yeah well it was creepy (laughs) (laughs) i mean yes this this movie does have a good creep factor to it there's a lot of like is somebody out there somebody's peeking in a window or something mm-hmm. a lot of window play yeah i do appreciate that in a movie so they're hiking they find the super rad waterfall yeah that was sick which is a pretty known spot i guess oh but yeah this oh some a lot of the locations in this movie are great definitely you know i would kind of wish there had been a little bit more of it but i mean they established some good good scenery and stuff mm-hmm. but yeah this waterfall is super cool because it's got like a path that goes behind it there's there's a nerdy term for it but we're not nerds no definitely not a geologist um yeah they find this a good spot to camp and john and warren decide to head back to get more supplies because they couldn't carry everything with them and they say that they'll be back by dark connie's experienced with this kind of stuff she seems kind of nervous yeah 
I think um, the drunkle kind of freaked her out a bit. Oh, they also had a deer. Did you see that? Oh, yes. I forgot. I did not put that down where they did. Yeah, they did hit a deer or hit a deer. Yeah, maybe the guy threw the deer from the hunters at the RV. Then it's nighttime. Um, The camp has all been set up and um, the ladies and Danny have set up the camp. Very nice. Mm hmm. Yeah. Um, except for leaving that tent open. <laughs> it's like, I mean, you're in the woods that deep. Think of it. Yeah. There's all sorts of things crawling and flying in there. Yeah. Just the mosquitoes alone. I don't know what kind of bugs they got in Oregon. Oh, here in Wisconsin, we're not leaving a tent open ever. No. It's not even like we have like horrible bugs. It's just the mosquitoes alone. <laughs> oh yeah. I can deal with the spiders and stuff. They're mostly harmless here. No leggy boys. Yeah. <laughs> nope. Oh, last time we were camping, all those centipedes that were around. Not a fan. Me neither. Did not like that. They do actually hear the spooky whistle mm-hmm. at this part. And um, yeah, so I think anytime I bring it up in my notes is when they actually do hear it. So they definitely hear it this time. And um, they also think that they see someone. There's even like a weird, creepy hand that they see like around a tree slink back. I got a feeling that um, with all the people creeping around in these ones, we find out that it literally could just actually not be. Like, Megan is um, freaking out. Connie's freaking out. Danny's got a knife, and he's offering it to Connie. Yeah. Why, I don't know. Well, he probably isn't all too good with it. She's probably the most experienced with something like that. I suppose, though. Yeah. But she doesn't take it. Um, Megan just snatches it. Mm-hmm. and spouts off some threats <laughs> and this is where uh it's just john and warren maybe hopping out scaring them doing a jump scare and they inform everybody that hey not a big deal we only have booze because the rv was broken into and somebody stole the, our food that's like a like after like the drunk dude that's just like we go home someone broke into our van we're leaving yeah there's a definite sense of this is not safe yeah like their their safety is an absolute concern at this point because they've already yes they've already run in the one person mm-hmm. and they were warned not to even camp around there anyway right so they're just not paying attention to any signs of danger right now but they make it through the night and mm-hmm. it's morning and connie's upset that she didn't take the knife and warren's pretty cool about it yeah like he's kind of like all right, he's not like such a dink mm-hmm. that I thought he was going to be. Yeah, he even apologized for scaring him like that, too. Yeah, I really thought that they were just going to play up the, you know, cheesy, typical male, toxic man BS. Yeah. Yeah. And he, no, he was like super cool about it. And, you know, like, hey, good for you not being the worst. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, they hear some singing and everybody decides to go check it out. And there's like a younger girl, I'd say like teens maybe. Mm-hmm. And um, she's just hanging out by the waterfall. And that's who I thought the hand was after I saw her. I was like, oh, clearly it's like maybe some feral child or something. Yeah. Because she kind of like, Ugh, very kind of animally. Yeah. In her behavior. And she like skitters off into the woods when she's noticed. But then, um, yeah, like, was it like John lights a smoke and just litters? With his empty pack of cigarettes. And I was like, dude, come on. Yeah. Come on. And this is where you see the big muddy boot step on the, the empty pack of smokes. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, get him for littering. 
Yeah. <laughs> now he deserves to die. <laughs> this might get a vice kill. <laughs> <laughs> Give a hoot. Don't pollute. Did you have that as a kid? Nope. With Woodsy the Owl? No. Yeah, that was a campaign. He was kind of like a, I don't know, I wouldn't say a companion of Smokey the Bear, but kind of that kind of thing. Weird. Give a hoot. Don't pollute. They really stopped doing all that sort of stuff. Like, we're going to have some whatever with a little cartoon character. Dare. Got your dumb tiger. Oh, yeah. I, maybe that's what killed it, because they didn't really have that when I was younger. I was there at the start of Dare. Mm. They weren't really, like, using an animal to promote it or anything. We had um, McGruff the Crime Dog. McGruff the Crime Dog? Yeah. He was like a... <laughs> yeah. He was like a hound, like a hound dog, kind of, and like very anthropomorphic and wore a trench coat, like an old timey detective. I believe he did have pants, probably because somebody was like, listen, if we just put a dog in a trench coat, he's going to look like a flasher. So true. <laughs> that doesn't mean McGruff wasn't hanging brain when he opened that <laughs> trench coat. <though. laughs> Somebody's probably drawn that. <laughs> there's art of that i'm tempted to look it up yeah. <laughs> hanging brain have you not heard that no <laughs> so top i think that's the only time i've ever used that <laughs> oh Anyways, uh, they get to this very precarious looking rope bridge mm-hmm. that goes over the river. And um, I I think I was reading in like the trivia or something like take it for what you will, because trivia. Knows. Mm, yeah. But um, apparently they they wanted to cut this stuff with the bridge like the studio did because they thought it was boring. What? And not necessary for the film. Like that's it's a major part of this movie. Yeah. <laughs> And it's cool. Very cool. Because if I came across something like that, I don't know if I'd want to go across it, honestly. It looked pretty difficult. Yeah. And Warren has no problem navigating this thing at all. Tells everybody else. Connie gets across pretty easily. Yeah. Um, The only one who really has a hard time is Danny. Yeah. And he almost falls like a dummy mm-hmm. makes almost makes everyone else fall too right yeah because he's rocking that thing yeah there's one point where he was just hanging on by like his armpit or something and yeah. i was like oh my god <laughs> that's crazy like they almost killed his stunt man <laughs> unless it was him i don't know i mean yeah. it's probably not the biggest budget they probably put their actors in danger because it's well it's not super high up when they show it later it's still high enough Definitely. And at this point, the angle that they shoot it at, it looks pretty high up. Yeah. Also, this entire time, uh, oh my god, Fishing Hat Gun Show. <laughs> Warren. Warren. This whole time, too, Warren's like yelling directions at him. Like, oh, don't group up, you know, change your pace. You know, trying to give him advice. They're, none of them listen to any of it. Oh, yeah, especially here because John thinks that he knows better because Warren's trying to show him the, you know, the proper way to walk down a steep hill when you don't have a path. Yeah. And John's like, ah, no, whatever. And he just tumbles down. I was like, oh, my God, like you could hit your head on a rock. Yeah. Like, you don't know. That's some pretty like 
a lot of brush and stuff. Yeah, you don't know what's in that. Yeah, this is a pretty rocky area, too. And he's just like, wee, I made it. <laughs> what an idiot. And then, and then everybody else, except for Connie, like the Danny and Megan, they're dummies, too, and go, oh, let's do that, too. That looked like fun. Idiots. They should have just died there. <laughs> <laughs> just a pile of bodies. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. I d- I'm kind of annoyed with them at this point in the movie. Like, you, you literally have a guy who's an expert, or at least experienced enough to navigate all this and properly do some, like, off-trail hiking. So they get down to, like, the river part, and then, um, of course, you know, water plus younger people in a movie equals we gotta frolic. Mm-hmm. Somebody's got to get somewhat naked or completely naked. I kind of thought it was funny that John kept his underwear on. Yeah. And his socks. Like, what are you doing, dude? <laughs> kind of weird. Weird choice, but okay. Uh, Megan completely gets topless, of course, as to be expected in these types of movies. Um, everybody kind of gives them some space and they're like, yeah, we'll go over here. Let them do their thing. Mm-hmm. Have their alone time. And um, we get the girl that's creeping on him, splashing around. So she's just like, hmm, I'm being a perv. Yeah. <laughs> My guess just sheltered. Definitely. Yeah. Weird. <laughs> I mean, when I'm watching it, I'm like, yeah, you're just weird backwoods kid. Yeah. Um, John pulls like the dumb, whoop, I drowned gag, which let's not. Let's not pretend we drown. <laughs> yeah. If someone did that to me, I'd be like, not cool. Yeah, because he's missing for quite a while. Yeah. And just floats up. I was hoping it would just be his head. I was really kind of hoping just his head would bob up. Should be looking around a bunch of blood and just start pulling up. Underwater heads just freak me out. Underwater heads. Yeah. What about Jaws? What the, it's a good underwater head and Jaws. Yeah, that's why. <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense. That, that part's great. <laughs> Jaws, PG. It was made for children. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nice family show. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so they're like making out or whatever, and you can see the killer approaching, kind of like behind the waterfall. It's pretty cool. That was cool. Mm-hmm. I did like that. And uh, the girl notices, and she hightails it out of there. And then um, is John pulling another joke again? Is he pretending to drown again? Because he's nowhere to be seen. But then, like, this big meat hook just starts groping Megan, and it's really uncomfortable. Yeah. This is high level of ick happening here. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's so gross. Especially once you see John waving like an idiot by the shore. Yeah. Also... Time to go, because there's no way. Like, nobody believes her that she was getting groped in the water Mm -hmm. by a stranger when you know there's other people in the woods, and they just kind of brush all this off. Even she kind of does to some degree. She gets over it pretty quick. Yeah. Meanwhile, (laughs) the drunk ends up showing up at, uh, he shows up at Roy's ranger station, like, drinking out of the horse trough. (laughs) Actually, somewhat sober. Yeah, <laughs> but he is he is rambling about a demon. Mm-hmm. Uh, a demon killed his nephew, and um, he also brings up the kids. And Roy's like, "Ugh, the kids!" Right? Like, man, uh, I told him not to go up there. Now we got like a possible murderer on the loose. Great. 
I mean, he does take this this drunk guy at his word, though, mm-hmm. and he does set off to go investigate at night, nonetheless. Yeah, but he's got his horse, his trusty steed. Yes, I like how he just talks to his horse all the time. It's great. I can't remember what the horse's name is. I feel bad. I should know because the horse kind of was a character. Agatha. It might be it. If you remember the horse's name, because I'm too lazy to look it up now. <laughs> oh yeah. Hey, we've got a got a party happening with some really awful music. Yeah. I don't know. It, it it's not listed in the credits, so I'm guessing that the composer just made this up. I don't know if it's supposed to be a punk song, a new wave song, or it's just really annoying. <laughs> Very annoying. Yeah. And they're all dancing to it, having a time. Megan definitely seems like she's ready to throw down with anybody at that party. And then um, the fun is interrupted because somebody shoots the boombox. We're going home. Time to go. Pack everything up. I don't know where that came from, but I want to leave. Right now. Especially (laughs) once you see it's Pa and Ma coming out with the, the wild girl from earlier. And... You know, he's just like, you need to get off this land or you'll raise the devil. And everybody's like, what is that supposed to mean? But John, John of course, is like, oh, I'm going to use my rich kid powers. I've got a deed that says we could be here. And then they just slink away back into the woods. (laughs) That was all right, then. Also, leave. Time to go. Everyone gets their flashlights and lanterns out. You can make your way back in the dark. All together safely. <laughs> Not a bad idea. Or at least like first thing in the morning, time to go. Yeah. And it is first thing in the morning. <laughs> and Megan's makeup is missing. And so is Warren. He's nowhere to be found. Um John wanders off into the woods, tastes tastes some gross water, and then sees the the girl who's got a bunch of improperly placed makeup on her face, just staring at him. I mean to be fair, they had no YouTube makeup tutorials back then. Right. And how is she supposed to know? She, she did a very poor job. Though. Yes. She's probably never seen anybody with makeup on until the other day. Mm-hmm. So These people are like aliens to her. Yeah. I don't think she's ever even seen an outsider, maybe. I mean, may, well, I don't know. Maybe. Maybe they've gone into town because they don't seem like completely disheveled. Yeah. They definitely hate any time they have to go into town. Yeah. Or maybe it's just parents that go in. That's possible, too. Yeah, I could see that being a thing. They they love their, like, tabletop checkerboard plaid that they have. Because mm-hmm. everybody seems to be wearing it. I also notice it's the curtains later. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, she gets fresh with John and kisses him. And for as much as he does reject her he did kind of seem cool with it which is weird yeah this is like a this girl's underage clearly you are well i mean hey i guess when you're in the backwoods and (laughs) who knows (laughs) he was just like no no he wasn't like no he wasn't stern about it yeah like oh no i can't but then he still follows her when she runs off because she gets upset. Mm-hmm. And then she thinks that it's a game and he's chasing her and it's a fun time. Playing a little hide and seek until she sees the rope bridge and just says, nope, I'm going to hide now. Yeah. I don't know if she was supposed to see anything. There's like a close up of the rope bridge. 
Yeah, I didn't see any. And didn't make any shot. didn't really I don't know. Maybe I missed something. Yeah. I didn't see I didn't notice like her noticing the killer or anything. Yeah. But then <laughs> John's like, Well, don't be scared of this rope bridge. <laughs> Here, I'll show you how to use it. As if I don't know, it seems weird. This is her turf. Yeah, she knows the rope bridge. She's gotta know the rope bridge. They even knew the rope bridge. They knew about it before they got to it. Which is also weird. That's what yeah. I mean. Like, how do they not? How, did somebody know? I don't understand. Yeah. Maybe it was on the map. I mean, they knew where the waterfall was, where the rope bridge was. I don't know. I don't know. So once he gets to the end, this is where he gets his hand slashed. Mm. And he sees the killer and makes the first good decision <laughs> of going the opposite direction. <laughs> yeah. But you're also on a rope bridge, which... I don't think it takes a genius to know what's going to happen next. <laughs> what happens, Brennan? Of course, cuts the bridge. Yep. Pretty cool, too. I mean, they must have, like, actually done that, right? Yeah, it looks like a legit stunt that happens. <laughs> so he's just kind of, like, stuck in the water, hanging on to the remnants of the rope bridge. Mm-hmm. Having to try to climb his way back up with his cut hand. Yeah, tough. Yeah. There's they don't really show the hand much other than like it has blood on it. Yeah. So there's no real telling. But I'm guessing even just having it hit really hard <laughs> would not be fun to try to climb up. Because my guess is that the water is cold too. Yeah, they say it how cold that water was. And I've been up in a mountain before and like one of those river streams, freezing cold. Yeah, John's also like using the emergency whistle. For good, because he's used it a couple times just screwing off. Yeah. And everybody at the camp is just like, well, okay, but cool. Like, Danny's like, I guess I'll just kind of keep an eye out for him. Mm -hmm. Even though they kind of think he possibly might be in danger. That's when you go to check. Yeah, because it's definitely a I'm in danger whistle. And um, yeah, he just goes off casually taking pictures. (laughs) <laughs> and um john finally made does make it to the top though yeah and then you see the boot come down and knock him off boot to the face and then he goes tumbling down into the river but how did he get over there how did the killer get over there well brennan doesn't really matter in these movies does it at this point i guess it doesn't <laughs> <laughs> so not in pursuit of Finding out what happened to John. Danny has come across the cemetery that's outside the church from earlier in the movie. And he's just taking some pictures. Um, goes inside the church. Totally does not notice the body in the pew. Which, it wasn't that dark in there. And I think he would have noticed that body. Yeah. There's a hand sticking up and everything. Mm-hmm. Still holding on to that weird candle holder earlier. I don't know why he wanted that anyway. It's yeah. Weird detail. Let's, let's make up a weird conspiracy theory about it, Brennan. What was the filmmaker trying to say by that? That only we would know because we're smart enough to decipher this. I see. The answer is nothing. <laughs> it's just a weird choice. It's in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> no, I only bring that up because I watched the Room 237 air quotes documentary about um, Stanley Kubrick's the shining mm. weird weird nutters in that one man mm. i'm telling you just how they get in the hole how he filmed the faking of the moon landing yeah i saw your eyes there. <laughs> yes they go there <laughs> no they didn't <laughs> just, 
Hey, I know. <laughs> but these people have it all figured out, Brennan. Yeah. They know. Yeah. They know. You don't know because you're not smart enough to figure it out. But they are. They've pieced it all together. Also, that's a good way to understand how people who get into that sort of wild stuff articulate. Yeah. You can tell by the way that they talk. Once you can kind of get that down, you can pick it out pretty easy amongst other people. Gotten in some pretty good, like, flat earther YouTube black holes. Oh, okay. So you know then. Definitely. Yeah, that weird, weird speech. Uh Uh-huh. It's like half talk. It's weird. I learned a lot from a UFO guy when I was in high school. Just started talking to this guy at a at a Perkins one time and nice. kind of hang out every once in a while. And he ended up being like, not a creep, but just really weird. Hmm. Like pretty harmless. I, he gave me his, like his book about poetry. Nice. He wrote a poetry book. Hmm. We did almost, uh, decide to take a trip to area 51. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty crazy. That would have been wild. Yeah. That's an adventure. <laughs> this is like what it was known. But not as not the way it's known now. Yeah. So we just would have been probably shot. <laughs> Back where they could get away with that. Yeah. Get out of here, you, you weirdos. <laughs> Anyways, Megan shows up and she doesn't see the body either. But before they leave the church, they definitely both smell the body, which you I don't I, I don't understand. It doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> it's not important. At least they included the detail of. The smell of a rotting corpse. Yeah. Um, we find out Warren is alive and well. He has caught a large fish that came down the stream with his bare hands, which is pretty cool. That fish is huge. A big fish, yeah. Uh Uh-huh. Um, Connie's impressed. You can't really do that in your dating profiles now. Hold a fish that big. (laughs) Expect to get dates. Um, (laughs) this is where we get the John flop, because... (laughs) John's limp body comes over the the little fall in the stream and um mouth to mouth does not work. And this is where it's like because Warren really tries. And his acting comes off pretty good in this part. Definitely. Where he seems genuinely in distress over his friend like not being able to revive him. Yeah. And yeah, John is dead. Tony being smart instantly suspects murder mm-hmm. even though there doesn't seem to be any signs of murder and um warren pretty quick to dismiss it yeah because i mean also would you just really want to admit that your friend's been murdered but they do something smart here too they don't take the decide to take the body with them everywhere they go yeah which i think in lesser movies they would have tried to do like we gotta get them back yeah you can't just leave them here people are heavy yeah Especially dead weight like that. That's why it's called dead weight. And he's been soaking <laughs> up in the stream. All that water weight. All soggy. Yeah. <laughs> Full of crayfish. And then we get a fun little uh, bit where Danny's taking pics of Megan in the cemetery. She's pretend- pretending to be dead. <laughs> and we all know it's not very subtle. <laughs> because um, they hear a twig break and they assume it's John. Yeah. Megan being Megan is like, hmm, let's pull a prank on him. I'll make out with you. What a great prank. She just wanted to make out with him. Yeah. Because she even makes like some almost kind of like creepy comments about them being brothers and stuff and ick. Yeah. But Danny can't tell who it is because he had left his glasses inside. Of course. And 
So he definitely thinks it's John because he can see the flannel. It is like Scooby-Doo. Although, <laughs> oh my God, you are. Yes. <laughs> my glasses. <laughs> oh my God. Warren would be Freddy. Yeah. Uh, you, so you have your redhead. That's your Daphne. Vilma is Danny slash Shaggy. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's just an amalgamation of that. Where does Scooby fit into all this? Um, Connie. <laughs> i don't i don't know i don't know <laughs> maybe it's one of the other shows that is exactly like scooby-doo that hannah barbara hannah barbara cranked out where it's a group of teens that solve crimes with an animal that talks did they do that oh my god there's so many of them really yeah there's all sorts of them well jabber jaws the one where it's like they're Hanging out in like Atlantis type stuff with a shark. What? There's um, Clue Club. That's where they hang out with like basset hounds and stuff. Clue Club. Clue Club. Clue Club. Clue Club. That's awfully close. <laughs> oh my god, they are southern too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Never piece that one together. <laughs> Whoa. We've got Brennan over here connecting the dots, everybody. He's now see? Now you've got it's it. Deeper than you think. I don't know. There was a ton of them. I don't have time to go through all the ones I can remember off the top of my head. That sounds like a rabbit hole. It it really is. You know, or like I don't know. Swap out Scooby Doo with a talking dune buggy. <laughs> that kind of stuff. You know, the character models all kind of resemble each other. I was born in the right generation. (laughs) I have way better cartoons than all that. You really do, but, I mean, think of it as a stepping stone. You know, you probably wouldn't have better cartoons if there weren't people like me growing up on crappier cartoons (laughs) who think of them fondly, but then when they rewatch it, go, this is just baby garbage. You got, like, the cool OG cartoons, though. Um... Yeah, I mean, like, oh, some of those really old ones. But, I mean, they were even kind of old when I was a kid, but mm. they were getting reruns. I mean, a lot of the ones I've mentioned, you know, even Scooby-Doo was just in reruns. All the time, I'm, yeah. I bet. Yeah. Um, you know, but, like, the Herculoids. Did you ever see that? Space Ghost? Mm-mm. I know of them, though. I mean, they're pretty simple, but they were also, you know, very indicative of, like, the comic books of that era. Yeah, they have a fun style. Mm-hmm. Fun sound design. I mean, we all know that sound when somebody tries running and can't get anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> like Super Friends. Ooh, I watched some old Super Friends recently. Yikes. <laughs> Ooh, the old Godzilla cartoon. Oh, that's a Hanna-Barbera one. Yeah, it is. Yeah. yeah. Don't like that one at all. No, that's not. Even as a kid, I remember thinking, this Godzuki could not be canon. That got, <laughs> that got like all the the boomer king caesar fans into godzilla so there's that yeah it did that good it introduced godzilla the western world a lot of people i suppose yeah hashtag bring back godzuki (laughs) maybe i'll do that maybe i'll just draw yeah bring back godzuki yeah we got enough cool baby godzillas and minions and stuff yeah varying degrees of awesome i kind of like it when he's like a little chibi though yeah very cute not Minya though. Minya's not cute. No. <laughs> Minya needs to go back in the oven and cook some more. <laughs> a little dough boy. Needs some more radiation. <laughs> I kind of get what they were going for with him, but 
also at the same time. What annoys me the most is in Godzilla vs. Mechagodzilla 2, Godzilla Jr. looks great, looks awesome, fantastic, love the design. And then in the next one, Godzilla vs. Space Godzilla, he looks all doughy and cutesy and, and tubby. I mean, he, he looks cute, but like, what? And then the next one, Godzilla vs. Destroya, he looks great. I mean, he was older then. He's like a teenager, but no continuity. They did not care. <laughs> no, no. I think we need more sensibility like that in American films mm. because I don't know. They just kind of didn't care and it was fun and we all had a good time. It was a pretty good laugh. I mean, you can pick any of those up at any point in time and like if you don't like it, then just don't watch it. Yeah. And everybody's cool with it. Like, I don't know. They changed them again. Well, who cares? You know, like now you could pick your favorite. Yeah. I feel the same way about video games. I play an old video game and it takes like three seconds to render in the world and I watch everything pop into existence. I go, okay, it's ready now. I can play. If that happened in a modern game now, people are like, I, I got to return this game. It's unfinished. <laughs> go play a game on the Xbox. It's like that all the time. I don't know. Standards, quality changed. Yeah. I don't know. Even with cartoons. Yeah, for a lot of people out there who just make some of the the worst decisions, somehow demand the highest of quality on everything. Yeah. You know, enjoy some crap, I guess. Is that what we're getting at? I, Was that our message? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow, we've, we've gone on some good tangents, though. <laughs> because we're getting towards the end of this movie. And it's not that we don't want to talk about this movie. Yeah. I feel this is going to be like more discussion towards the end. Yeah. Um, yeah. So anyways, yeah. So where we left off, Danny can't see well. He thinks that John is approaching because of flannel, which is good, a good detail because when John did the flop earlier, he did not have his flannel on. Mm. And even I didn't pick up on that right away. Mm hmm. It wasn't until I saw, like, oh, he can't see but recognizes the flannel. Oh. Yeah. Oh, I was a little slow. But this just gets him stabbed right in the stomach. Mm -hmm. uh, Megan runs into the church, and she watches from the broken window as the killer is mucking around with Danny's camera, taking pictures. And then, wait a second, somebody picks up Danny's glasses inside the church. Mm -hmm. There's another killer. There's two, mm. which would have been interesting had I mentioned that they saw twins on their way up the mountain earlier in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> and they made a weird comment about all the weird twins. Yeah. But I didn't want to say it right away because, I don't know, I feel like it's a good reveal. It's a super good reveal. Because at no point in time does it seem like there would be two, two of them. Yeah, but it also explains like when the rope bridge gets cut how a killer could get to the other side. Yep. And then um, as Megan starts to get murdered, the other brother outside is taking pictures. And I was like, if the, I kind of wish like they had a Polaroid and they could have left pictures. Oh yeah. To mess with the other two. Yeah. That would have been cool. That would have been cool. Or like during the credits, you just get <laughs> photos yeah. of what the killer took. It would be like all the happy photos of them like hanging out. And then it just gets dark? Yeah. That would have been fun. Put it in the remake. Yes. Give us a little writing credit, too. Yes. <laughs> if anybody else does it, we came up with it first. Out of concern for their friends, rightfully so, Connie and Warren are searching for Danny and Megan. When they come across Pa and Ma's cabin with the checkerboard print 
uh, curtains. <laughs> and it just kind of seems like it's, it's part of the church redressed. <laughs> that was my thought. Yeah. Um, but uh, they stop there and they're like, hey, you know, our friend is dead and we're looking for all our friends. And Connie's demanding at this point, you know, what did you mean about raising the devil? And Pod just basically tells him to sk- skedaddle. <laughs> and they do. But inside, um, like uh, the girls looking out the window, putting on lipstick, looking looking upset. We come to nighttime at the camp and Connie is way less optimistic than Warren. Yeah. Um, Warren, Warren says, I'm going to go get the keys off of John's corpse and also the whistle. So that way you'll have a whistle if you, if that makes you feel safer. Mm-hmm. And he sparks up his super cool lantern. It's just like the lantern I take camping. <laughs> <laughs> That's why it's super cool. Yeah. I love those old little fuel lanterns. They're great. I love how they sound. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Warren gets there and. John is is not laying there anymore. He's like, oh, maybe he wasn't dead. And he's kind of looking around with the lantern. And as he swings the lantern back and forth, you see John's body propped up uh-huh. on a tree with Danny's glasses yeah, on. Yeah. And I was like, that is an awesome reveal. Uh-huh. I just like how it just came in. Swings over. Yeah, you see it. And then it goes completely into black again. And it happens a couple times. So you have to keep seeing it. Yeah. And... My thought was like, is something else going to happen? Yeah. And I liked that about that scene. Anticipation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Made me seriously nervous. Yeah. And um, that does not happen, but he does He does find the body. And for a second, he thinks that maybe he's okay. And then has to come to the conclusion that his friend is dead still. Yeah. And how he got there, he doesn't have time to figure it out. Mm-hmm. He searches the body, doesn't find a whistle. I don't think he finds keys either. Yeah. And Roy ends up at the cabin, Ma and Pa's cabin, and Pa lies about seeing the campers, but the girl attempts to tell him, and Pa just denies it, and the girl gets yanked away. But then after Roy starts leaving, we get the the wonderful sounds of child abuse. Yeah. And we also get some audio about how... Those are her brothers. What a twist. Dun, dun, dun. But the girl ends up running off and joining Roy. Back at the camp, Connie hears a whistle, like the actual whistle, <laughs> not the the creepy whistle. And she kind of is like, oh, I'm going to go towards this whistle. And it's flannel, bro. Mm-hmm. And at this point, she goes into survival mode. And decides to climb a tree, which, not the worst idea. Yeah. It looks really uncomfortable, too. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> she doesn't have shoes on. Yeah. And she's in booty shorts, which also, I can't imagine wearing booty shorts camping either. Oh, God, no. <laughs> Getting bug bites right on your, where your butt meets your thigh. Oh. <laughs> itching your booty all weekend. Yeah. But more, more on that later. I got things to discuss. Um, uh, Warren ends up finding Roy and then the girl just runs off at that point. And so we know those two are together. Um, the flannel bro chops down the tree and the tree falls with Connie on it. That looked nuts. Yeah. You're falling a tree with a person on it. Yeah. At night. Craziness. Yeah. Great stunt. Oh, absolutely. Because the, you could see the person clinging to the tree and when the tree lands, they can't 
they end up like letting go because uh-huh. like it, just even that sheer force would just knock you off of that tree. Uh huh. That is wild. You could I don't I don't know. Do you think anybody would even try that stunt nowadays? I don't know. Maybe with like wires or something they could they yeah. could break someone up, break the whole thing up. That's where, true. And then like pad out the the fall and just edit in. Yeah, I'm sure it was padded, or... but still the way it hits. I mean, it it looks it looks good. Yeah. Yeah. Roy and Warren show up and Roy um shoots Flannelboro cuz you know she's trying to get away at this point mm-hmm. and falls down and he's you know got the machete or whatever up in the air ready to hack her. Mm-hmm. And good on Roy for not messing around. Yeah. Takes multiple shots at him too. Yeah, first shot hit him too, by the way. Yeah. And proceeds to fire several times. Yeah. And like how he's just kind of like looking over the bodies is like, mm, damn inbreeding. Yep. <laughs> um and then he's just like, Yeah, you you guys need to get out of here. Like just leave. Yeah, for real. And as in regards to your friends, just send somebody to get the bodies. Yeah. What are you gonna do? So they're at the camp and then uh Connie comes out of the tent. She looks a little dazed, but she's got makeup on now. Uh-huh. Seems like a weird, like she, maybe she's kind of losing it. And, you know, Warren's, I guess, trying to play normal and comfort her a little bit. And, you know, he's still hopeful, like, well, we'll just leave some stuff here in case they come back. Mm-hmm. And they'll have supplies if they if they do come back camp. And... And then they hear a noise out in the woods and then like the tent kind of falls a bit. And then he kind of like, I don't know if he's just like being nervous and joking or if he's just kind of snapping at her. But like, who taught you to put up that tent? I think he's in denial. Yeah, that could very well be. Yeah. So I think he was in denial with like, well, obviously with like his friends not being dead because Johnny keeps on saying like they're dead. Like she, she says that she's pretty much accepted that no one else is alive but he just keeps on denying it every time and now like all this spooky stuff is happening and you know everything's supposed to be over by now because the killer has been killed he's just like oh it's like none of this is happening (laughs) snapping completely yeah um then the other brother comes out and just hacks warren right in his like left torso Mm -hmm. which incapacitates him instantly which gratefully so and He's only capable of just watching helplessly at this point uh, as he bleeds out. Yeah. Well, he's trying to stop the bleeding, I suppose. And then Connie just goes on the offense here. Yeah. She's had enough and just wildly attacks like an animal. And the the brother gets the best of her and puts her in like this massive bear hug. And then she's able to free herself and attacks again, like leaping onto him. Mm -hmm. And this was where it gets nuts. Yeah. She shoves, takes her fist and shoves it down his throat pretty much up to her elbow and chokes the the other brother to death. What a weird move. Strange move. Apparently the director wanted to do something he's never seen before and he achieved it. He Yeah, he did. Never saw that. Didn't see that coming. Yeah. So as the triumphant Connie... <laughs> Is on top of the brother and removes her arm from his dead body. It's all covered in blood. The girl emerges from the woods to just like comes face to face with bloody Connie mm-hmm. and just is like, nope. 
Because <laughs> she probably understands how tough her brothers were. Yeah. And the fact that this one woman took him out. And then Warren just kind of hobbles over to her, falls down, and is just crying. Collapses in tears. And now, Connie's transformation is complete just before dawn. Because the sun starts rising. I did see that. When the sun started to rise, I was like, Oh! Ah! Da, da, da. <laughs> you did it, movie! You did it. I don't know if that was intentional for the title of this, because I think it had, like, another title. And, like, the taglines and stuff don't really, you know, like, it's like, just before dawn is horror. You know, stuff like that. In the movie poster. Yeah. Wow. Hmm. So, um, yeah. When I said there's a lot to unpack, I think it has to do with Connie. Yeah. She definitely has an interesting arc throughout this movie. She really does. If you can pick up on things. Because she's pretty straight and narrow. Like, it still has fun and stuff. Mm-hmm. Which is not, like, doing anything crazy. Right. But as the movie progresses and more things start happening, she starts changing. She went from being dressed very appropriate for hiking in the woods. And then later on has, like, the booty shorts mm-hmm. and, like, ties her, her button-up shirt. Yeah. And that not. And like is letting her hair down. Like she's regressing almost as the movie goes on until the point where finally she's just like, I'm wearing makeup. Yeah. And I'm just wild and out and becoming like a feral woman. It's very strange. It is kind of awesome. Because I didn't even, like, it wasn't until the end where I was like backtracking in my mind of like, oh, okay, yeah. Okay, I can see, like, how she... I didn't really... Because it's kind of subtle. Yeah. But she does change. You know the part where uh, Warren catches the fish? Uh-huh. Did they have a conversation before that? No, she's just kind of there. See, in my cut, in the, the longer cut, there's actually a conversation that happens because she's kind of sitting there alone by the river, just like her feet in the water, just kind of sitting there quietly. And uh, Warren walks up and... I don't remember all they talked about, but he points out that, like, she doesn't have, like, her shoes on. He's like, what are you doing out here without your boots on? Like, you should have your boots on. And then he's like, what's with, you know, like this, like the jacket pointing that out, too. Oh. And how that was different. Yeah. Oh. And did you also hear that part where the shorts are actually Megan's? I don't think I picked up on She comes out of the tent wearing the shorts and... Uh, Megan's like, oh, those look nice on you. You can keep them if you want. Oh, yeah. I mean, honestly, if it happened in the version I saw, I didn't pick up on it. Like yeah. I said, I backtracked. Yeah, but yeah, just weird little and like the makeup too. I bet she didn't bring makeup, so she was probably using Megan's makeup. Oh, for real? Because yeah, there is no point. Why would you do that? Yeah, she's uh, the her in the beginning of the movie would have never brought makeup. No. Yeah, she ends the movie a completely different person. Yeah, it's weird. It's also like weird fight or flight, too, because she struggles with that the entire movie. Mm-hmm. I mean, so does like everybody, basically. That That's shown pretty well. Throughout I the think movie. so. Yeah, I think so. I think it's a pretty good representation of that. Of What do you do when you're actually in a situation? Yeah, but you think that you'd be able to handle yourself. Mm-hmm. Weird themes. Yeah, but it's all right, Brennan. I'm a good guy with a gun and I'm going to save everybody <laughs> when bad things happen. Trust me on this. <laughs> do you think warren bled out hard to say 
My thought was um, when I was watching it, I thought that perhaps somebody was going to end up becoming one of the mountain people by the end. Like they would just snap Mm -hmm. and become one of them. Kind of happens. Kind of, but not really. I mean, does she stay on the mountain as a a feral woman? Mm. Who's to say? That would be a cool sequel. It could be a cool sequel. Wild Connie. (laughs) Wild and out. (laughs) Finding new obscure ways to kill people. Well, she also has a whole lot of knowledge, too. Yeah, she could probably survive out there. Oh, easily. But yeah, also the subversion of, you know, the, Warren being the strong male mm-hmm. is ineffective. Crying, scared. And how he collapses by her. Yeah. Because she saved him. Yeah. I mean, there's been plenty of final girls, but this is one. And they tend to usually come out stronger, you know, at the end. But not this. This is a little different. Mm-hmm. This is a very, I mean, whether it was their intent or not. And I'm throwing that out there because I also don't want to sound like a weird nutter. But, um, you know, I don't know if it was their intent or not to play with that. You know, if maybe they just thought it was cool and that's the end of it. It could just be that. Mm-hmm. Or if, you know, they really just wanted to say something. I, I don't know. I don't know what their intent is. Yeah. But it's still cool. It is. And considering this is a much older movie, it's like, what, over 40 years old at this point? Because it's like, what, late 70s, early 80s? 81. Do you think you think Connie was trying to be like Megan? I mean, clearly she was dressing like her. The only reason I think that she would do something like that is because, do you remember when they were swimming, how uh, Warren kept on watching? Ooh, yeah, he did. Yeah, do you think that she was like maybe jealous or you know i don't know but she definitely didn't like that yeah that's true and then there's also when they were having their uh dance party it got kind of weird yeah with her and she kind of had to like loosened up a little bit maybe she i don't know it's hard to say because because maybe as her psyche was breaking down you know she just went you know it is just more animal instinct to attract the you know, a member of the opposite sex to, you know, for procreation type of thing, Mm -hmm. you know, work on your plumage, you know, that's why you brush your teeth and comb your hair. Yeah. She was trying to do that, but I felt like they had a pretty decent relationship. I don't, but that's what I mean. Like, I'm not sure they were officially dating Mm -hmm. or if they were just really good friends. They never get into it. I don't think that they were. Yeah. I don't know. Because like at the dance party, Warren was like checking her out. And I don't know, like, if that was, like, his girl, I don't know if they would have, like, included something like that. Yeah. Also, the just being in the woods, I don't think it's enough credit sometimes as far as you have to, like, turn that animal part of your brain off sometimes and go, no, I'm in a safe location. Yeah. And I'm not worried about being murdered. <laughs> right. And, you know, the they keep bringing up, like... Uh, Warren's thing to Connie was the animals. Like, it's just animals, you know. It's, God's it's, little creatures. Yeah. They're just out there. You're going to hear them all night and things like that. And you do when you go out into the woods. Right. You hear all sorts of weird noises. Not the creepy whistle. No. <laughs> well, I guess we should move on then, because anything else I possibly would have to say would be good for wrapping things up. Well, Brennan, how would you rate this movie by saying movie? And would you recommend it? This is a movie, and 
yes, I would recommend it. I think it's written pretty well. It's interesting. It does new stuff with the genre. I mean, I mean, it came out of what, 81? Ahead of its time, for sure, I'd say. Cinematography was good, too. I like the way it was shot. It's all around. Well acted. It was a little slow. That might have been my cut, though, because an extra 15 minutes is kind of a lot. Yeah. <coughs> um, yeah. I don't know. I really liked it. I really enjoyed it. Very cool. Uh, so you are recommending it? Yes. Nice. Um, I think it's a movie. It's, you know, it's a, I think it's fair. Like, it's good. I enjoyed it. You know, I'm just... I'm not trying to diss it. By yeah, giving yeah, it yeah. That. Um, yeah, I like the location. I thought that was great. The woods become a character even in the movie and all the, all the acting is, is done well. I mean, with the exception of the brothers, I guess that's kind of weird. Yeah. And a lot of times in these movies, you know, you, especially when it slows down, you usually find yourself going, well, where's the killer? Why aren't people being killed? And I never got that in this movie. Yeah. If anything, kind of when the killer would be around, I was less interested. Hmm. And that's weird for a movie where, you know, you know people are going to be murdered. Yeah, yeah. For your entertainment to not really get that. Mm -hmm. You know, that's not why you enjoyed it. And, you know, whether or not it was me thinking more into it or whatever, I think it had interesting things to say whether it realized it or not. Yeah. And um, it was really cool in a lot of parts, you know, just, I don't know. I think we kind of displayed that earlier. Mm -hmm. um, I guess the tone's confusing with the brothers because they make like weird noises. That was weird. Yeah. It was like somebody was tweaking the audio on it to make them sound like they were children almost. Yeah. It was weird. I just have to hear it, I guess. Um, but yeah, overall, I liked it. Um I think this movie would be a good double feature with The Final Terror, which that's a movie that has more of what you'd expect in it. And I like that one way less, but mm. I think they would make for a good double feature. And I know that just us talking, I have crapped on The Final Terror several times. <laughs> and I'm just like, oh, that movie makes me mad and I don't like it. But I mean, I guess after seeing this, you know, I kind of even can look at the final terror and have a different perspective on it. And yeah, I think it would be a good back to back trapped out in the woods. Mm. Somebody, you know, killing people mm -hmm. movie. It doesn't, you know, I, I think a lot of times everybody gets stuck in that Friday the 13th idea of, you know, what a slasher in the woods is. And from what I read, this director wasn't even intending on making a slasher movie. He just kind of wanted to make his own deliverance, hmm. which Okay, then. Well, you kind of did both. Yeah. Because it is kind of deliverance-y. Yeah. And that's all I got to say about Just Before Dawn. So, we do have one more thing, though. And that's our Summer Slasher Camp checklist. And what boxes does it check off? It has to get the majority from both of us to be a slasher. And we've made five categories. I think they're pretty simple. And um, are you ready, Brennan? I am, yeah. Okay, let's go through your list. So I have three or more kills, which is a check, um, an emphasis on the kills. I'd say so. The movie builds up to them more or less. Uh, killers hunting prey, definitely. Uh, main group of people being hunted, totally. A gimmick? I don't know if there was really a, a gimmick at all. Like Inbred twins? <laughs> yeah, like, I don't know. That isn't, that isn't much of a gimmick, but either way... 
it definitely meets the requirements of the list. So slasher in my book. All right. So for mine, I have edged weapon kill at least one. Definitely meets that. Stalking slash hunting of victims. Absolutely. That's the entire movie. Mm-hmm. Um, Peekaboo corpse. Yep. The John flop. Definitely. Yes. And vice kill. I didn't mark this one off, even though I joked earlier that I would for the littering. <laughs> but no, they don't seem to be motivated by, you know, it's, it doesn't feel like a cautionary tale. Like, don't go having sex in the woods or don't yeah. have, you know, underage drinking or smoking pot. Right. And then my last one is body count of at least two victims. Definitely meets that. So, yeah, four to five total slasher. And, ah, uh, summer slasher can't. I can't believe you're over with already. Now we have to go back to picking out movies. <laughs> yeah. Well, we've got some, we've got some folks who, uh kind of want to be guests on the show so mm. i think we should open that up to them and you know go the rest of the year we'll see how all the schedules line up but also in that regard we did have some conversations about what do we want to do next year we mm-hmm. can keep doing the same format that we've been it works it's fine yeah it's fun we enjoy it but we also had an idea of maybe spicing it up a little bit and one of the ideas was that we would actually so whoever's movie gets picked instead of us sitting here in our recording dongle den just doing it by ourselves we would actually come to you (laughs) and you could be a guest and we'll just go to wherever you are and we'll record an episode together yeah i got dongles kicking down your door yeah that's right (laughs) um I guess our limitation on that would be continental United States. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then um, the other idea we had was to do live shows, either on the road or just in our area, and see how that would go, because we definitely don't have a problem just talking. Yeah. We really do. <laughs> <laughs> it's all in the editing magic. <laughs> But I think it would be a fun challenge, and I think it would be fun for us to just riff and... Goof. Yeah, like we do in front of people. Mm -hmm. Because I don't have a problem talking in front of people. You don't. Nope. So it would be interesting to see how that would work out. Yeah. You know, and if we goof on something dumb and uh, it's me fumbling with the laptop... Whatever. We'll just joke about it, and yeah. people can make fun of me. I mean, stuff goes wrong in the drive times all the time. Absolutely. So why wouldn't it work well someplace else? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, so, like, I don't know. Just small divey bar. Just us with some microphones. <laughs> or we do that on the road, and we film a documentary about it. Oh, wow. Dongles on the loose. Just us recording our entire road trip. What kind of shenanigans do we get up to? Brennan just wanting to stab my eyeballs out after listening to me snore every night. <laughs> as long as I got my AirPods, I'm fine. <laughs> but yeah, that's kind of the ideas that we've been floating around. So, you know, what do you think about that? You can write into the show, um, corruptedyouthpod at, at gmail.com, gmail.com. or um, join us in the dongle den. Maybe I'll put a poll in there. Mm. See what the dongles have to think. Love a good poll. Yeah. So it'll be fun. Everybody definitely will participate. I can't see that 
not getting participated on. <laughs> <laughs> Although, you know, like our trip, our trip may not be very long because a lot of our listeners are in our area. Yeah. Or within a couple hours. Yeah. So who knows? But yeah, maybe we could come to you. <laughs> see how you like it. <laughs> be like, what are these guys going to leave? <laughs> <laughs> oh you'll be you'll be uh of legal drinking age too around that Ooh, time so, yes i will giddy up <laughs> now oh. we're just in our corrupted adulthood <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's more to life than drinking there's there's also movies so yeah um thanks to our listeners the dongles that's you guys yep because without you, we would have just been picking out movies all summer. <laughs> <laughs> and that gets boring. Yeah. We don't want to pick them out all the time. It's too hard. <laughs> I don't know. You picked out that cool as ice, no problem. <laughs> uh, yeah. I could go for a good non-horror movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Little break. Yeah, I think a break might be nice, but we'll see. Who knows? Yeah. We got Spooky October right around the corner. Oh, that's true. Yeah. What kind of spoops are going to happen there? Well, that's exciting. Yes. Yeah, my brother David wants to do one with Mm. us because he's coming to visit. Oh, how exciting. Yes. Also, I'd like to personally apologize to him on the podcast because as fun as it would be to talk about Young Frankenstein... Just don't do comedies. No comedies. And the argument could be made. Well, you guys did Killer Clowns from Outer Space. That was also our, like our first episode. That yeah, was like our second episode. <laughs> yeah. And it was kind of after that. Yeah. Comedies are kind of hard to talk about. Yeah. It's hard to make fun of things that are funny. And talk about jokes. Like, you're just explaining jokes. And that isn't yeah. as funny as just seeing the joke. Yeah. And in regards to this podcast, we're the joke. <laughs> we're supposed to be the funny ones that's right (laughs) Uh, thanks for your fellow podcasters and your support especially you court yeah thank you for picking this out yep everything you've done for this episode so save the day you did and with that hang in there dongles bye Listen, if we just put a dog in a trench coat, he's going to look like a flasher. So true. <laughs> that doesn't mean McGruff wasn't hanging brain when he opened that <laughs> trench coat. <though. laughs>